Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I am actually driving from uh, Aspen, Colorado over to the Ot6 Ranch and I'm going up over Independence Pass. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning and that hurricane or tropical storm that's hit Mexico uh, is bringing some moisture. Uh, there's snow on the road and uh, it's real pretty it's uh, 32 degrees outside and um, really haven't seen many other cars just kind of driving along uh, working my way uh, towards the odd six ranch Uh, i've been over at the ranch uh, since september 1st it is now uh, october 24th i was over at the odd six ranch for 47 or 48 days and um, we picked up a new vehicle for uh, Hunter Meekum who works with me over at the Ot6 Ranch and um, so I got a lift uh, from Pueblo um, with the owner on his airplane over to Montrose, Colorado and he dropped me off and I I actually drove uh, to my place here uh, between uh, Glenwood Springs in Aspen and spent a few days there was able to see my wife and um, now I'm headed back over to the ranch thought I would give a little update uh, on the Ot6 ranch uh, if you haven't been following along uh, on my Instagram account uh, which is the best way to kind of follow along what's going on on a day-to-day basis with me um, the Ot6 Ranch got over there about September 1st, um, actually got there August 31st, um, the afternoon, and uh, started checking trail cameras um, and started uh, glassing morning and evening and trying to take inventory on uh, what was shaking over there at the ranch. And uh, the general consensus is actually... Um, I'm very happy with what I saw over at the ranch. Uh, The year prior, uh, in the fall of 2017, I actually um, just got there, got to the ranch on uh, October 1st because the ranch wasn't purchased till about the last week of September in 2017. So I guess what I'm getting at is getting to spend the whole month of September at the ranch, I was very pleased with what I saw uh, and what we saw, Hunter and I, as far as uh, rutting activity, numbers of bulls on the property, uh, amount of bugling, um, you know, just the sheer chaos of, uh, you know, elk getting to do their thing in a natural setting uh, without uh, very much applied pressure uh, from humans. So it was, it was really cool. I uh, had a bunch of really neat bulls uh, show up, um, had a bunch of resident bulls uh, show up and do their thing. And um, if, you've, if you've been on our Ot6 Ranch, that's A-U-G-H-T-6, S-I-X Ranch uh, Instagram page, you can go and see a lot of the trail camera pictures and a lot of the videos, the phone scope videos that we were able to take um, of those bulls. But uh, we had uh, several really nice bulls. We had a bull that, uh, probably the best bull on the ranch, a a bull we call Creed. Uh, He got his nickname because he was fighting with a bull named Six Pack, and we called him, uh, obviously, Apollo Creed, and Creed kind of stuck. 
Uh, he's a beautiful mainframe 6x6. He's got just a little bit of a G6, making a, it's actually a 6x7 uh, on one side. But a mainframe 6, uh, he's got really long points. He's real narrow. He's probably only 32, 33 inches wide. Uh, but he's got really long fronts and um, just a beautiful bull. Hunter and I were able to get uh, quite a bit of uh, video footage of him. We got a bunch of trail camera uh, videos and uh, photos of him. And it was awesome to watch him do his thing during the rut. We actually watched him multiple times actually breeding cows uh, and getting the job done, which was nice knowing that he's spreading the genetics uh, throughout the ranch. Uh, and um, we've got, uh, a, well, I'll try and go through some of them just off the top of my head. I mentioned a bull named Six Pack. He's a beautiful six by six, big body bull. Um, hasn't reached his full potential yet, but um, has been seen kind of all over the ranch. We got a bunch of early trail cam pictures of him. Uh, he's probably in the oh, 330, 340 uh, class, maybe, maybe a smidge better. Um, there's a bull we call the Mystery 7. That's a bull that uh, we had some early trail camera velvet picks on the ranch and um, then didn't have him hard antlered uh, at all. And then he showed up kind of late rut. Um, and we just wonder, you know, did we miss him? Were we not in the particular area where he was? But he's a, he's a mainframe seven by seven. His G6s are only, uh, he's probably got, oh, a three incher on one side and maybe an inch, inch and a half uh, on the other side. But he's, he's a mainframe seven by seven. Uh, he's got a G1 on one side that goes out and then tips down, kind of teardrops down. Uh, so that's kind of a fun bull. He's probably in that 350s, uh, upper 350s, 360 class. Uh, let's see, what else? We've got a, a bull called Bladed Swords. He was a bull last year that we got quite a bit of footage of. He's got big bladed uh, fourth points. Um, kind of weak fists, kind of weak sh uh, fronts, but kind of a big-bodied bully bull, um, probably in the 330, uh, 330, 340 class. Uh, we've got a bull named Devil Ants. Uh, he got his name because he's got two devil points uh, on his G1s, on his uh, brow tines, uh, and then his uh, fifths fork. And actually, um, we've got great video, uh, great phone scope video of that bull. Uh, throughout the rut in September uh, and we've actually uh, that bull must have wandered off of the ranch because uh, they're actually uh, I got some photos of devil ants uh, sent to me uh, some uh, public hunter uh, was fortunate and got devil ants he's probably in that upper 340s lower 350s class just a awesome bull a lot of mass um, one of those cases where you know mass hides length uh, that's a neat bull. Uh, let's see. We got a bull named uh, Loppy that was one of our best bulls on the ranch last year. He had a deformed pedicle on one side. Uh, had really, really nice force and fists last year. Uh, the owner of the ranch actually harvested that bull uh, on the first rifle season. Uh, rather than uh, harvesting one of the trophy bulls, that, that Loppy was the top of our coal bull list. He probably lost uh, 30 inches of antler uh, this year just from um, going downhill 
we've, we think he's a very, very old bull. Uh, we think he's at least 10 years old. Uh, David harvested him. Uh, he's got a 55 inch main beam on one side. He's 47 inches wide inside spread. Uh, he's got a deformed pedicle, uh, but he still scored 347. Uh, figured he had probably about 10 inches of broken point um, on his antler, so he still scored 347 with 10 inches broken. I'm just at the top of Independence Pass here, and it says the elevation is 12,195 feet. Uh, it's 28 degrees, and um, there's snow on the road, and it's just beautiful up here right now. Uh, they close this pass about the third week, just about Thanksgiving time, depending on weather. My seat heater's getting a little warm here. Turn this down. It's getting a little hot. Uh, some of the other bulls on the ranch, there's a bull called Tripod. Uh, tripod is a bull that on his left, between his, or by his fourth and fifth on the left side, he's got a tripod point kicking out. He's kind of got short fifths, but he's, uh, he's a big frame, mature bull. And then on his right side, between his G2 and his G3, he's got an extra brow tine. Um, he's a really neat bull. Um, there's a bull called the banana bull. He's got uh, fourth points that tip forward. He's probably in the three, 330 class. Uh, there's a bull called Limpy. Uh, anyway, he's a wide bull. He's got a, I think a back, uh, I think it's back right broke leg. Um, but he's got kickers and all kinds of trash coming off his rack. He's a real wide bull. I'm betting he's probably 47 to 50 inches wide. Uh, a neat bull. And then we've got a bunch of up and coming bulls. We've got a bull called the Future. Um, he's got a bunch of trash. Uh, it's going to be an awesome bull in a year or two. Uh, we've got, let's see, uh, a bull we call 78. Uh, he was a 7x8 mainframe. He's a mainframe 6x6, uh, six, six six really, uh, with, with extras. Uh, and 78 actually broke, uh, broke his main beams uh, during the rut. Uh, above, I think on one side above his third, on the other side above his fourth, so he kind of got chopped up. Um, there's a bull called Hooker. I had a real close encounter. He's a mainframe six by six, just a beautiful frame bull. Last year, I was really hoping that he would blow up this year. He definitely is bigger. Um, he's got a really good shape, um, great shaped up fronts. Got a lot of belly and a lot of curl uh, to them. But uh, anyway, uh, if you go on our Instagram page, uh, either J. Scott Outdoors or Ot6 Ranch, um, you can see a lot of these bulls. And there's a lot of bulls that I didn't mention here. Um, but also, uh, we were able to uh, find uh, a really nice buck uh, in velvet early on in September. And um, th this buck uh, is a, a real clean, typical buck. Uh, ended up the owner ended up harvesting him uh, on the muzzleloader tag uh, in, in full velvet and he's right at 200 inches typical um, and just just a beautiful buck and 
for those of you that know me, you know I love elk, but you also know I absolutely love deer. So uh, getting to see this buck, and, and Hunter Meekum first found this buck, we had we had, had um, some trail camera pictures in an area of some bucks and hadn't really glassed it too much. And so um, we every morning and every evening we kind of make a plan. We split up and go different directions. And Hunter, we made a plan that Hunter was going to go um, kind of check out that country. And he came back saying he found a great buck and had some phone scope video of this buck. And uh, so we we tried to investigate and get a little closer. Kept trying to you know find him, look at him and see what he was and turns out he's beautiful typical buck and so we kind of kept our eye on that buck uh, until the muzzleloader season started and um, David uh, was actually I, I stayed up on point glass and then David and Hunter um, actually snuck in there uh, where the buck likes to um, bed and um, it was crazy because I got to see from above and that buck ended up bedding uh, about 45 yards from them for probably an hour and a half and they couldn't see him he was in this tall rabbit rush and um, it, it was just it was very intense for me because I could see how close they were to him and finally the buck ended up get, uh, feeding they didn't have a shot the buck ended up feeding because the brush was so tall they were kind of on the same level with the buck um, he actually ended up feeding 15 yards from him and I was able to video from above and it's incredible video in the video it looks like the buck is actually like five yards from him and David made a perfect shot and um, got a beautiful clean typical uh, so that kind of um, talks about we, we have some other really neat deer um, that that with a year or two gr of, of more age on them I think will be um, fantastic bucks we've got some trashy bucks um, and we've got uh, one buck in particular uh, that's that's got a dropper a teardrop uh, dropper off one side and um, in the velvet he was awesome his frame is fairly small it's probably only like a 160 uh, type mainframe but he's got probably a 11 to 12 inch teardrop uh, dropper and that's a buck he also has a kicker off that same side off his uh, G2 or G3 um, I don't remember but a neat buck um, we've got some other trashy bucks some other typical bucks um, we've got so many elk on the odd six ranch that um, it kind of pushes the deer out so you know you've seen places it's it's hard to find uh, ranches that have great deer and great elk because the elk typically kind of push and I don't want to say bully but they you know they kind of take over an area and so um, you know and I think that's what's happened at the Ot6 Ranch uh, we do have some habitat that the deer really like and we do have deer throughout the whole ranch but not not what you think of when you think of Colorado where there's just deer everywhere we have elk everywhere uh, another fun thing we've got a lot of bears uh, a lot of big bears uh, well, bears of all sizes on the ranch, um, kind of from head to toe on the ranch. And we've gotten some great uh, trail camera pictures uh, of these bears. Um, I actually harvested my first bear. I've never really bear hunted, um, but I had a tag and harvested a, a, a sow. Um, not a real big sow, um, but the uh, crazy thing is she had one uh, front paw 
Um, she only had one front uh, foot, if you will. Um, it, had, it had been, she basically had a nub on one side, and when I checked it out at the Game and Fish, um, they actually sent a tooth sample off, and the Game and Fish officer said he'll be real surprised if that's not an extremely old sow. And so I was kind of pumped about that. And um, uh, we also have, we've had a couple of mountain lions on our trail cameras. Uh, last year, Hunter, who comes from uh, a historic uh, mountain lion, dry ground um, uh, mountain lion uh, hunting family, Hunter was able to um, catch uh, three tom lions that were harvested on the ranch, one of which, the first first lion that was harvested, uh, I, I actually uh, had the fortune of harvesting on the first day that I went out with Hunter, um, harvested uh, roughly a 140 pound uh, tom, and um, it was awesome getting to watch uh, Hunter work uh, with his dogs, dry ground, no snow, um, and just amazing to watch uh, the interaction between uh, Hunter and his dogs and how those dogs work. And the Meekum Hounds are actually known all over the Southwest as uh, some of the best bloodlines, some of the best genetics, uh, some of the best dry ground lion hunting dogs there are. And um, the discipline those dogs have, and I've been around other dogs and seem like they're doing a lot of, you know, barking and chasing each other and what have you. These dogs, uh, as soon as he lets them go, um, are all about the track. And it's funny to watch, not funny, but it's cool to watch uh, the different personalities and characteristics that each dog have. And then it's fun to watch the interaction that Hunter has with those dogs and the relationship he has with each, with each dog. Uh, it's just fascinating. And then uh, after my Tom, uh, about a month later, uh, Hunter was able to actually catch two bigger Toms, uh, two big, beautiful uh, Tom mountain lions. Uh, and back to the, the trail cameras, uh, we've had a couple of female uh, lions uh, on trail cameras, and um, it'll be interesting to see if some Toms make their loop and, and um, come through the ranch during the time when the mountain lion season is open. I believe it starts, mountain lion season starts on, I believe, November 20th, uh, which is different from my home state of Arizona where mountain lion season pretty much runs uh, all year long and, um, you know, there's no quotas. You can, you can shoot usually as many lions as you want. Uh, obviously only one, uh, you know, one per year, but um, pretty liberal seasons. Here in Colorado, they actually have quotas and they actually have a season. Uh, which is a little alarming, and um, that's a whole nother subject. But uh, let's see, what else? We've got uh, Merriam's turkeys on the ranch, which I kind of tease with uh, the ranch owners and uh, Hunter that that's the number one game animal on the Ot 6 ranch. Um, and those turkeys are like my little babies. I love those little buggers. Um, we've got a pretty good population of Merriam's turkeys. One thing I'll say is uh, I think a lot of our turkeys in the summer, summer up high, um, up on the National Forest, and then it seems as when they know uh, that winter is coming, they come back to the ranch because we've had, uh, a, a, you know, influx, so to speak, 
of Miriam's uh, turkeys on the ranch. Seems like more and more are showing up each day here in the fall. And, um, you know, last after I got done with my Gould's turkey hunts in Mexico last year, I was able to come up here to the Ot 6 ranch. I want to say it was about the 16th, 17th of May and um, actually uh, roosted a couple birds, uh, but I think it was kind of towards the end of, of their breeding season. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, this last winter we had such a dry winter on the Ot 6 ranch. We didn't have any die-off of turkeys, which is great. Uh, that warms my heart, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what the winter does uh, this year at the Ot 6 Ranch and hopefully uh, those turkeys will survive and we won't have any die off. So let me think if I'm missing anything. Uh, I had mentioned that David harvested loppy. It was the only bull harvested off the ranch. We've got about 10 to 12 bulls that we've identified as coal bulls or management bulls. And um, in the first rifle season, David elected to harvest a coal bull um, and not shoot one of the trophy bulls, which is awesome. And then we have a group coming in uh, for the third rifle season, uh, and hopefully we're going to shoot uh, four or five more uh, coal bulls out of our you know 10 or 12 that we need to shoot off the ranch. And I've gotten a lot of questions about what are coal bulls, what are management bulls, and the way we look at it, any bull that has reached maturity but does not have the antler configuration, you know, six by six or better antler configuration. So some of these big five points, uh, some of these uh, deformed uh, pedicle bulls, uh, and, and just some of these bulls that genetically uh, you know, maybe we've seen them for a couple years in a row now and they have really short fifths. Um, any of those bulls we're going to call management bulls and coal bulls and uh, try and uh, shoot them first before we shoot any uh, trophy bulls. But basically bulls that have reached maximum maturity uh, but their antlers uh, don't match what we want at the Ot 6 Ranch. They're, those are at the top of the list of coal bull hunts. Um, so we also will be on the lookout uh, if there's a nice buck or two around. Um, right now we really don't have anything that we would classify as you know bucks, trophy bucks that we really want to shoot. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we get an influx uh, of uh, bigger deer and, and more numbers of deer um, as this fall progresses and as we get snow in the high country to see if we get a migration of deer coming in and a migration of bucks it'll be awesome to see and hopefully we do um, starting to rain now the temperature is now 36 degrees I've dropped a little bit in elevation um, coming down on the backside of Independence Pass uh, towards Twin Lakes uh, on my way through uh, Buena Vista and then through Salida uh, so it's kind of turned to a snow slash rain. So if you hear the windshield wipers every once in a while, I apologize for that. Uh, let's see. So the future is looking bright at the Ot 6 Ranch. Uh, we've got a great group of people at the Ot 6 Ranch. Everybody has 
their own independent role uh, with different aspects of the ranch and then we all come together as a group uh, we make a great team we've got a great uh, ownership we've got a great ownership uh, great team of owners uh, husband and wife and uh, a great uh, team uh, here that that's uh, everybody's um, chipping in and, and making it a great fun place to work uh, I'm going to be over here kind of towards uh, mid-November, and then I'm actually going to head back to Arizona. Uh, I've got a desert bighorn sheep hunter uh, December 1st, so that'll give me a couple weeks to get back and, and scout for a couple weeks before the hunt starts. Uh, we've got trail cameras running uh, for the desert bighorn sheep, uh, and I'm looking forward to going on that bighorn hunt. Every year I look forward to uh, the desert bighorn sheep hunts uh, in Arizona. After that, uh, we've got our coos deer hunts in Sonora, Mexico. We've got a great uh, group of hunters, both DIY and fully guided uh, groups going. Um, really looking forward to uh, getting down there and chasing the coos deer. It's one of my favorite times of year. Uh, those most of the hunts will be con, uh, conducted in January. We've got a few groups going uh, kind of after Christmas, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, that time frame. And then the fully guided hunts uh, run kind of what we try and position uh, around that prime time uh, rut, which is roughly January 10th through January 30th. Those are, those are kind of the prime dates there year in, year out. Now, it'll be interesting this year because the full moon falls, I believe, on January 20th or 21st, which is kind of right in the middle of that time frame. Uh, so the full moon always, as we've talked about on my podcast, offers uh, some, some challenges. Uh, but if you've got nice, cool temperatures, typically it's just fantastic running action. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting down to Mexico and uh, then, then for me, I'll uh, have uh, a couple of the trade shows, uh, the Western Hunting Expo in Utah. Uh, love to meet up with you guys if you guys are going to be there. Uh, potentially going to try and make it to the sheep show. Normally, I'm coos deer hunting in Mexico and the sheep show's in January. This year, it's in February. Uh, so I'm going to try and make it to that. I'm for sure going to the Western Hunting Expo. And um, then I'm actually headed back up to Colorado. I bought an annual uh, ski pass uh, for Aspen Snowmass. There's actually four mountains, um, Aspen Highlands, Aspen, uh, Buttermilk, and Snowmass. And uh, I'm going to try and ski uh, as much as I can the month of February and the month of March and the first part of April. Uh, I had not snow skied in 20 years. Uh, the last time I had skied was I was 25 years old. It had been 20 years, and last year we actually um, spent the month of March up here uh, in the Aspen area, and I got 10 days of skiing in and just absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, I grew up skiing as a kid. I don't even remember learning. Um, skiing for me is one of those things that just feels natural. It just um, feels second nature to me. Um, I, I rented a pair of skis last year and boots. Uh, I had to go buy a pair of ski pants and a, and a jacket 
bought a helmet. Uh, back when I used to ski, we didn't ski with helmets. Uh, you know, I was skiing on 207 uh, centimeter skis. Uh, and now the technology has changed. I'm skiing on, you know, 177 centimeter skis. Uh, and the technology, I can tell you, is phenomenal. So last year I rent these skis and boots and I buy a pair of goggles. I had no idea what to expect. Didn't even know if I would know how to do it. I told myself riding up the lift, just, just go up, don't even think about it, and just turn them downhill and see what happens. And honestly, it was incredible. I, I got off the lift you know and it felt you know feelings were coming back from my from my youth and I you know tightened my boots up and basically just pointed them downhill I made four or five turns that felt a little awkward it seemed like after about the fifth turn it was as if I'd never stopped skiing it took me a couple days my legs were not they were um, getting pretty tired after you know seven or eight runs uh, but by the end of the season, at, you know, my ninth, tenth day, I was I was feeling very strong and very good. But I was so pumped, uh, you know, to, to to take 20 years off. It, it, you know, people say it's just like riding a bike. Well, it really was. And um, so I'm so pumped uh, to get back on the ski slopes uh, this uh, winter. And I'm gonna try and get 30 days in uh, of skiing. So uh, it's. Uh, something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. We've already gotten some uh, snowstorms here and I'm hoping it's gonna be a, a dumper of the year and get some, get some great snow. So that's, uh, that's kind of wraps it up. And then I guess from there, uh, I will head back and do my Gould's turkey hunts uh, in Sonora, Mexico. I've got um, a bunch of hunts booked for Gould's turkey. I've got some of my uh, other guides uh, that I work with um, have some openings. So if you're interested in a Gould's turkey hunt in the spring down in Sonora, Mexico, um, let me know. Send me an email. Send me a message on Instagram. But uh, I think, if I remember right, we killed 55 birds last year uh, in Sonora and just had an unreal uh, year. And we've had, you know, we started doing that in 2010. We've gone. I guess at eight seasons in a row and just had phenomenal hunting down there for Gould's Turkey. So, and then after Gould's Turkey, uh, I'll be back up in the Colorado area uh, to uh, fish and, and enjoy the Roaring Fork Valley and um, fish the Gunnison and a bunch of those other rivers, the Eagle and all those rivers that we love. So that's kind of a wrap. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to send me a message. I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for just your avid support of my content, whether it be through the podcast or through the Instagram page. Uh, just a super loyal following. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm really proud of kind of what we've built here um, at J. Scott Outdoors. Uh, we don't, we're not a big fan of giveaways. We're not a big fan of you know, buying listeners, so to speak, or buying followers, never really felt that that was a real genuine uh, thing to do. And, um, you know, the avid support, the loyal support of you guys is amazing. And the messages that I get every day, whether it be by email or direct messages, is so rewarding for me knowing that, you know, within this podcast or within my social media stuff that you guys can pick up some tips and 
and uh, pick up some motivational stuff to just keep you going uh, and, and, you know, tactics and stuff from the podcast guests that I have on uh, and then to, to get to see the photos of the success and the stories that you guys provide is amazing and that's what keeps me energized. So I just want to thank you for that and I also want to thank the sponsors. Without the sponsors, I wouldn't be able to devote the amount of time that I do to that. And I want to thank GoHunt.com and the Gear Shop. Cody Nelson, my friend of over 20 years, is the manager of the GoHunt Gear Shop. He used to be with the Outdoorsman's, and then he moved to the GoHunt Gear Shop. And, and he's in charge. He's the optics manager, and he's in charge of uh, the binoculars, the rifle scopes, the spotting scopes, tripods any of the gear at the go hunt gear shop and he has promised me that he will absolutely take care of the j scott outdoors uh, podcast listeners so if you have any optical needs or any gear needs at all you can call him at 702-847-8747 that's extension 2 or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com I also will encourage you guys, Go Hunt Insider, which has been a title sponsor of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast for a long time. Uh, they are just about to turn off their free trial, their 30-day free trial of the Go Hunt Insider. So what that means is if you sign up before October 31st, you can for 30 days go through the whole Go Hunt Insider. You can go through all of the western states all of the animals mule deer elk sheep etc you can look at all of the units you can look at all of the data all of the draw statistics all of the harvest statistics all of the draw odds both for antlered and antlerless animals and you can see which units which states you know you want to apply for it's completely free 30-day free trial all you got to do is go to gohunt.com forward slash J Scott and that will get you a link to the 30-day free trial I highly encourage you if you have any interest at all in what the go hunt insider is about go try out that free trial you get full access you get to see what the go hunt insider is completely all about so go check them out I also want to thank kuyu.com kuyu ultralight hunting that's k-u-i-u.com obviously you guys if you've been following along you know that the founder my friend jason harrison uh passed away mid-september and it just tragic loss for all of us at the kuyu nation but i can tell you when i was out there for jason's funeral i met with a lot of the kuyu employees a lot of the kuyu staff and they are ever even more than ever uh devoted and inspired to make Kuyu the best company, make the best products and keep that transparency going that Jason had and to strive to push Kuyu forward. And I think they're doing a phenomenal job. They've just released some youth lines. They've just released some, some women, women's products, uh, some, a woman's line, which is awesome. And they've just released their new Kenai uh, insulation line and they've got a lot of great things going on at Kuyu. I, I highly encourage you to check them out at KUIU 
Kuyu.com. I want to thank them for their avid support. Uh, I've been with Kuyu since 2010, and uh, I feel uh, more loyal than ever right now to Kuyu and, and to the Kuyu Nation. I also want to thank Canyon Coolers and remind you that if you use the J. Scott promo code with Canyon Coolers, uh, you're going to get a 10% discount. I've been using their coolers all fall. They make a phenomenal cooler at a way better price than some of the bigger brands out there. And they're based right in Flagstaff, Arizona. So use the J. Scott promo code. Get a 10% discount there at CanyonCoolers.com. And then PhoneScope, PhoneScope.com. Uh, that's the digiscoping device that I use on my iPhone X. Uh, and if you use the J. Scott 18 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount there at PhoneScope.com. Now that's PhoneScope with a K. PhoneScope.com, J. Scott 18, you're going to get a 10% discount. Guys, uh, until next time, God bless you. Uh, please send me any emails, uh, send me any Instagram messages if you want to hear certain people or certain topics or about gear or whatever questions you have, uh, send them to me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. God bless you guys.